Adam Crowley Show. I mean, I cannot believe the kind of nonsense that I am hearing right now. On ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. Oh, big time breaking news today. The New England Patriots trading Brandon Cooks to the Rams for the 23rd overall pick in this year's draft. The rich are getting richer, Tom. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I posted this on my Twitter account. You can vote there. I'll set the over-under on Pirate sellouts this year at 3. You got the over or you got the under? 53% of the audience says over. That means 47% say under. Steven replied, Something I learned as a season ticket holder. Never, and I mean never, undermate, underestimate Yinzer's love of fireworks. Dave DiCello, what did I do there? You stumbled a little bit. I said undermate. What have I meant to say undermate? As in prom night, I was undermate. Oh, what? No, dude. That, under my mate. That no. That's, that's a great joke. That's a, bad, that's a great that's joke. That's a really bad joke. That's a good joke. Not Tom, a reach at all. We're cutting that one up for Tom, the bad that's joke. No, that goes in the mix, right? That goes in the mix. That was fabulous. We're like at five or six now of bad jokes on the show, and that's definitely, definitely, definitely top three. Dave DiCello, the photographer who takes pictures of Pittsburgh. He said that the Giant Series, six firework nights, Andy Van Slyke bobblehead, going to be at least six or seven. Man, sellout happened every year on opening day. Every single year. They didn't do that. I'm not going to say they're going to sell at any games. I think it'll be a push, probably. But I don't have much faith in that. Nick says this team is better than last year's team by far. They'll be in the hunt for the pennant the entire season. I am an optimist. I still have the porch light on for Jimmy Hoffa. Smart guy. Is he talking about former Pirates opening day starter? Uh, That's Jimmy Anderson. Despite their hot start, (laughs) the Pirates drew their lowest opening day attendance in PNC Park history. Their lowest attendance for a home opener since 1982. They announced a crowd of 30,186. It seemed to be a generous figure, too, because there were huge portions of the audience that weren't there. That's good. Because prior to the 78 and 75 win seasons, the Pirates were one of the best teams in baseball. They won 98 games. They were a legitimate World Series contender in 2015. After that season, gone was Neil Walker, who's playing first base today for the Yankees. Home run leader Pedro Alvarez walked. He's now playing for the Orioles. They traded Charlie Morton. He just won a World Series. And they didn't pony up for second-half stud J.A. Happ. You know, replace them in the rotation? Hop. Off a plane from Japan. Ryan Vogelsong. And John freaking Nice. The Pirates won 20 less games in 2016. This offseason management traded the face of the franchise. They traded the team's best starting pitcher. Bucks fans are fed up. 
From 2005 to 2010, the Pirates won 67, 67, 68, 67, 62, and 57 games, respectively. Yet they drew 39,000-plus on opening day in 2011. Pirates fans have seen what it's like to be a contender. It's like flowers for Algernon. Sometimes it's a necessity to first take a step backward before moving ahead. But clearly Pirates fans don't think the roster upheaval in 2016 or the cost-cutting measures this offseason were a necessity, and they're right. That's why nobody showed up on opening day. Forget the Jolly Roger. Management's been raising the white flag. And Pirates fans, they followed suit yesterday. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I gave a take, Tom. I can give the damn phone number. Maybe instead of the phone number, you could tease something like, hey, Jeff Cable's going to be on the show again. Mm. If you missed it earlier, coming up in the next segment. The pit coach. The pit head coach. It's a good idea, Tom. It's not a bad one. What if I still want people's opinion on the Pirates, though? Well, they were listening to the beginning of the segment that only started about three minutes ago where you gave out the number. Oh, did I give it before? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Twice already this segment I gave you good, don't even know when you give it. Good call, Tom. You really don't. You just kind of black out and throw it out there. What happened? We need to figure out, like, maybe electroshock or something. I was something. just going to say a shock caller. Yeah, maybe we do bring a shock caller. That's a good idea, Tom. Shock I was having caller? heart palpitations the other day. I think that's the last thing I need. No, that'll fix it. That'll get it right in Yeah, rhythm. you definitely won't give out the number then. Yeah. I had a professor in college that anytime you'd say like or you would pause... Or throw an um in there, not the pause, the um, she would make you snap a rubber band on your wrist. Oh, wow. So everyone in class had rubber bands on their wrists, and if they'd say um, or like, or any of the filler words that we hear Paul's Ice use all the time, <laughs> snap the rubber band on your wrist. Maybe we figure something like that out. I like the shot collar better. What if you just send me out of the studio? Well, we need you to continue to do the show. We can't throw the crown man out of his own studio. I mean, you could. Uh, we put KDO in the penalty box that one day. We did do that, but she doesn't have to talk during the whole show. We need you to keep talking. That's I mean, why I think the shot collar would be a good thing. Tom's got this under wraps, it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, I mean he's he in charge. Talk. He is the brains behind the program, and he is in charge. So if he decides to do it, that's what we got to do. Tom's the brains behind the program now? What's happening? What is happening? Tom's getting all the credit. Ratings were going up before you got here, Tom. <laughs> I mean, not all the way up to where they are right now, but they were getting up there. Nope. When we start getting stale, we'll just fire you. We'll bring another guy up. <laughs> that apparently is the move. That's what works. That's the kiss we need right there. Joe was all excited at first. We really took off. Things plateaued. He goes down to the DV morning show. Tom comes up, and there, there we go. We're no just, more plateau. We're just like the Penguins with coaches. Once it gets a little stale, this coach is out the door. We win another Stanley Cup. Which is why writing off the Penguins is a huge mistake. Brainchild. In 2015-2016, the Penguins were 15-10-3 with Mike Johnston. They stunk. And they qualified for the playoffs the year before that on the final day of the season. I used to do the show out at Quaker Steak and Lube. Digby was out there. He'd always be sweaty, plugging in all the equipment. He'd order the wings. They were good. But I think the reason that they're now closed is because we went out there every damn Friday during Penguin season. And I said that the Penguins were back to playing fun hockey under Mike Sullivan, but they weren't going to win a Stanley Cup. They were flawed. 
What'd they do under Sully that year? They finished 33-16-5, and won four straight series, won the Stanley Cup. And you know what? There were times throughout the playoffs that you could say, we're going to doubt the Penguins now, too. They were outplayed at times by the Capitals in round two. Hell, they shot the puck over the glass 15 times in game six, yet Bonino found a way to poke one past Braden Holpe. They were down 3-2 to two in the conference final against Tampa Bay. Mike DeCourcy, he's from Pittsburgh, from TSN, wrote a column calling out Sid's leadership after they fell behind three games to two in that conference final. Crosby doesn't have the pulse of this room. Crosby's not a good leader. Crosby's the reason the Penguins have failed since 2009. You want to talk about doubters? That's a doubter. You want to talk about writing off the Penguins? The series not even over yet, and Crosby's a bad leader. Well, that bad leader helped the Penguins win the next two games and go on to win the Stanley Cup Final. Last year, I wrote the Penguins off. I said they're tired. They played a bunch of hockey. They won the Stanley Cup. They don't have the legs. They need a little bit of roster upheaval, and we'll get them next year. They went 4-4-2 and the last 10 games of last year. I wrote them off. Certainly I wrote them off after Chris Letang missed the second half of the season. They brought in Ron Hainsey, who is old. Seriously, if you put skates on Brian LaMartina, who's also old, I would have liked his chances to be the Penguins' sixth defenseman better than Ron Hainsey. Thanks, Adam. No problem, buddy. That was both a compliment and an insult. I took the compliment part of it. They didn't have a prayer, as far as I was concerned, when that guy got out. He's playing 30 minutes a night. was playing great hockey. Connor Sherry, one of the best scorers, pound for pound, in the National Hockey League last season, missed a bunch of time. And then when he came back, wasn't the same player. Carl Haglin wasn't the same player until the final two games of the Cup Final. Hornquist missed the six games leading into Stanley Cup Final Game 1. He missed the last six games of that Ottawa series. Crosby suffered a concussion against the Capitals, and I didn't think they had a shot. Mike Sullivan said, we're going to play a trap game seven. We're going to throw the old curveball. Some junk up there. Little Uncle Charlie. They swung and missed. But I had written them off. The word was written. Written. I had written them off. It's game seven. The Penguins just got bitch slapped on home ice five to two. And they were going to Washington for what I thought was going to be their coronation. Finally, they were going to beat Pittsburgh. Wrote them off. What the Penguins do? Well, <laughs> they beat them. Ovechkin hit the butt end of Mark Andre Fleury's stick. Fleury jerked it off. Bada bing, bada boom. They win. The Penguins didn't have a shot in period number two of game one of the Stanley Cup final. And they still won the game. The Penguins get outplayed in each of the four games, first four games of the Stanley Cup final, and then they won game five, six, nothing. Then I had no reason to believe that they'd win in Nashville. They did. 2 0. This team isn't as good as the team two years ago. I think they can be better than last year's team, though. Perhaps they'll have to forge a new identity to get it done, but why can't they? We've counted them out before, we've counted them out in each of the last two seasons. I know I have. 
I won't be stupid enough to do that again. That's where I would have given the phone number. Were you guys laughing because I said jerked off? Yep. Yep. Not allowed to say that? Nope. Not even if we're talking about a hockey stick? Yeah. I, do we even care? No! We just do what we do, man. You just be you, crowd man. I'm going to be me! going. Alexander Ovechkin hit the butt end of Mark Andre's wood. Up next, Jeff Capel. Capel. The pit head coach. Smooth talker, that guy. Capel, I think his name is. Going one on one with the crowd man on ESPN Pittsburgh. What's better than getting $100 to switch to Jackson Hewitt? Getting $200 to switch. Say goodbye to your old tax service and you'll get $100 when you file this year. Then you'll get another $100 when you file next year. That's right, $200 just for switching. Only at Jackson Hewitt. Each year, a minimum of $150 tax prep fee applies. Valid when you file with us. $100 provided on the card, not valid with any other promotion or discount. Participating locations only. Details at jacksonhewitt.com. No, nah, it was a soft jerk-off. Yeah, I'll give you that. It, yeah. was, it was nice and soft. Yeah, I didn't really... I think you'd be... I would have thought you'd been better at it. I just didn't think that it was as... What have I meant to say, undermate? As in, prom night, I was undermate. Oh. What? No, dude. That's not that bad. That's real bad. That's not that That's bad. That's real bad. Undermate. Undermate, contraction. No. Yes. Bad. Yes. Bad. Really, a contraction of words is like two words having sex. 412-922-2874. How bad was that? I could give the number out because I never do. That's not that bad of a joke. Tom, play it again. What have I meant to say, undermate? As in, prom night, I was undermate. That's good. No. What? good joke. Dude, I don't even get it. Under a mate. Six. We're not even in England. That, that was bad, dude. I'm sorry. You can fight it all you want. That was a horrible. That's not joke. worse than Tom never misses a butt. At least there was some thought oh, that went into mine. Tom, was it worse than that? At Much least? worse than no, Tom. No, I had a contraction. Much worse. Do you want to hear sense. both? Do you want to hear both back to back? I would like to. Hold on a second. I would like to. Okay. I mean, mine at least was creative. Mine at least had to do with what we were talking about. I thought Tom never missed a butt. Boom! What have I meant to say, undermate? Uh-uh. As in, prom night, I was undermate. Boom! Boom! One more time, Tom. I thought Tom never missed a butt. Boom! What have I meant to say, undermate? Boom! As in, prom night, I was undermate. Boom! Oh. What? Yeah. Boom! So bad. Really thought I would have gotten a laugh out of that one. No, it's up there as one of the worst. That's going to make it to the uh, Hall of Shame that is quickly developing for our joke-telling skills. <sighs> Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley if you thought my joke was bad. Tweet me if you thought it was funny. We are now joined by the head coach of the Pittsburgh Panthers basketball program. He is Jeff Capel. Hey, coach, thank you so much for taking the time today. Appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on. First question, I think, is a layup. You're going to win a game this year, Coach. <laughs> I hope so. We are. We are. We absolutely are. What have you been up to your first week here in Pittsburgh? Just working, man. It's a lot. It's a lot going on. Meeting with the players. 
trying to get to know them, them to get to know me, trying to do some things, recruiting, trying to hire staff, uh, meeting a lot of people, a lot of great people, uh, just trying to get, you know, people back involved, interested, the students trying to create energy, um, you know, and in, in, in interest in the program like it has been in the past. So it's it's been a lot, uh, but I'm, I'm, I've been around great people. I've met some amazing people, and I look forward to meeting more. Of all the things that you just described, I'm sure you're eager about each and every one of those things, but what do you look at as the biggest challenge in trying to turn this program around? The biggest challenge? Uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I don't know. I think it's so many. I don't know if there's one thing that's bigger than the other. I mean, obviously, when, when you've lost as much as, you know, we lost uh, in, in, in a row, that's probably the biggest challenge. To getting confidence and, and getting, you know, guys to to understand and learning how to win, and understanding that it's usually a lot of the little things that go into it. Um, this was an awfully young team last year. When Ryan went out with his injury, it, it made it even younger and inexperienced. They really had no one with experience at the college level, and that's very difficult, especially in a league like the ACC. And so they took a lot of lumps. Uh, but I think if we can stay together, then I think those things will be very beneficial for us uh, because they did get a lot of experience, and I thought they got better as the season went on. Um, but I, I think that would probably maybe be the biggest is getting them, getting our team used to winning, and you know, the, understanding the the habits that we have to create uh, in order to be able to produce that. You feel like you've got a better idea now of what players are staying and what players might still try to test that transfer process? Yeah, you know, I wish I did, man. I wish I could tell you I did. You know, now it's been, it's, you know, it hasn't even been a week since the press conference. I mean, a week ago today was when it was announced. And uh, I started texting with those guys. I spoke to a few of them on the phone a week ago today. I met with them as a team on Wednesday, last Wednesday started doing individual meetings right after that so that went till Friday um you know I, I you know talked to them yesterday and I actually got on the court with them a little bit today for the first time and that was really good and so I'm hoping you know after all of that and especially today and we'll get on the court a little bit tomorrow that I have a little bit better feel all of them have been really good they've been very receptive you know they were just you know it, it was a difficult year for them and like I said, you know, you, you lose 19 games in a row, and then there's a coaching change, and then you go through almost a three-week period where you don't know. And in our profession, when, when there's uncertainty like that, th th there are a lot of people that can get in their ears and start telling them what they should be doing and, and things like that. So sometimes it can cause confusion. Um, and hopefully, you know, we, we, we're able to – to keep these guys and, 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 and to get these guys to understand that this is the best place for them. I imagine that coming into the program like this and dealing with everything you're having to deal with and trying to get things going, it can be very stressful and overwhelming. But you have done this before. You've come in and started at programs like Oklahoma. What do you know this time around as compared to then? Yeah, you know, when, when I went to Oklahoma, I was incredibly naive. I mean, I was 31. I'd, I'd been a head coach for four years. I'd only been coaching for six years, two as an assistant and four as a head coach. Um, I was going to a completely different part of the country that I'd never been been in or been to, 
the first time I stepped foot in Oklahoma was for the press conference. Um, and I was just incredibly naive. And, and one of the things, I mean, there were a lot of mistakes that I probably made. That said, in the first three years, we won, I think, 78 games. So we were pretty good. Uh, we, we were able to figure some things out. Um, I think, you know, one of the biggest mistakes I think that I made looking back, and I've done a lot of inventory over the seven years I was at Duke, um, and I learned a lot. I think one of the biggest mistakes I made was that I didn't, and I'm not knocking anyone, I'm knocking me more than anything, but I didn't really have the best staff I think I could possibly have as far as coaches. And, And I think part of that was that I was so used to doing everything by myself you know, and and uh, I didn't understand how to you know how to kind of put that to put that all together the right way, and uh, I think in the end that maybe bit me a little bit, um, and so that's why I'm trying to be very patient and uh, very uh, thorough as I'm putting together this staff because I understand how important it is for the uh, for the overall success of our program. Jeff Capel joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, you've been quoted as saying that you'd like to bring Brandon Knight on board. How's that coming along? Break some news here, Jeff. <laughs> I wish I had some news for you. Unfortunately, I don't. Um, and and uh, but you know I have. You know we have spoken, and uh, um, you know we'll see where that goes. How about the rest of your staff? I'm sure you had a list of names, guys that you want to reach out to. How's that been coming along? It's coming along. I mean, it's moving. Um, you know, I feel like I've, I've identified the parts, and, and now it's just trying to, you know, get them here. And uh, I feel good about the direction that we're moving in from that standpoint. Again, I, I wanted, one of the things that I wanted to do was to get here and to feel the place and to be around the people and to feel the people, feel the players, and just kind of get a feel for exactly. I had in my mind what I thought I needed, but to get here and to kind of feel it and then to go from there. And so uh, I feel good about where we are right now. What's your early relationship been like with Heather like, and how involved is she going to be in the program? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been really good. I mean, she was one of the main reasons why I felt like this was the right fit. Um, I, I wouldn't have taken this job, even though it's, it's an ACC job and a really good job. I wouldn't have taken it if I didn't feel like I, I had a connection with, with, with Heather. Um, that was probably the main thing as I ventured or as I thought about becoming a head coach again. And it's something I really wanted to do, but I was going to be very patient because it wasn't, I wasn't just going to take a job just to take a job. You know, I knew that everything had to align for me. And one of the main things was the type of relationship that I could have with the athletic director. Um, That was very, very, it was probably the most important thing to me. And there was a connection I felt right away with her um, and with Chancellor Gallagher. And I trusted that, and, and, and I think we'll have a great relationship. You mentioned the ACC. One of the things that was talked about with Jamie Dixon, not that I need you to comment on them, was that he was having trouble recruiting and competing in the ACC. Obviously, we knew what happened the last couple of years under Kevin Stallings. You are the recruiter extraordinaire. That's what everyone's saying. Uh, you brought in some of the best players in the country. I bet you could even call Blake Griffin right now. So what kind of players are you thinking you'll be able to bring to the University of Pittsburgh? And do you think you'll be able to bring players with that same kind of talent level from Duke uh, to here? Yeah, you know, the the, the thing that we're going to concentrate on as far as, you know, types of players, you know, I, I want guys that 
A, I want guys that really love to compete um, and that love to work and that love the game. I want toughness. Um, I want guys that are skilled. And I want guys that really want to be a part of something. And, uh, you know, we're all going to cut any corners there. We're, you know, we need to do a great job of evaluating. Uh, we need to do a, you know, a great job of communicating and getting out and working and uh, finding the right guys. And, and, you know, the guys that, you know, we were able to recruit when I was at Duke, those were the right guys for what we wanted there, you know. And, and we're going to go after the, the, the best guys here. And if they happen to be five-star guys and they're five-star guys, if they're not, then that's fine. You know, it's it's uh, I just watched the team win a national championship with not a lot of five-star guys. And so there are a lot of ways that you can do this thing. You have to figure out the best way for you and not uh, and, and, and not just succumb to what a kid is ranked. Jeff Capel joining us here on the Crowley Show. I'm sure that you want to come in and get pit to the tournament in year one. I'm sure you also have a realistic timetable in your head of when you think that that's possible. What is that expectation for you? You know, I expect us to be good. You know, I don't, I'm not a guy that puts a timetable on things. I think that would be unfair. If I came in and I thought that we couldn't do it right away or whatever, then that's unfair to Ryan Luther. You know, who, if he, if he stay, he has one year here. That's unfair to him. I would never do that. You know, I think if we can keep our core group of guys together, um, and, and, you know, if, if Ryan comes back and obviously he's healthy and, and, you know, Malik Ellison, who was out last year, set out, he's back with the experience those guys got, I think we'll be a much better team. And then maybe we add a piece here late or a couple of pieces. Um, and then let's see where we go from there. But I don't, I don't have, I really don't, I don't have a timetable of uh, year two or the end of this year or whatever. I want to be really good. That's, look, I'm used to winning, man. And I, I, I feel like I know how to, how to do that. And I feel like I, I can get guys to want to play for me, to play for each other. Uh, to play for the university, and to do all of those things. And um, so I don't, I don't have a timetable on this thing. I, I want us to be the best versions of ourselves right away, and let's see what that leads to. Forgive me for my ignorance here because I'm not good at reading a, a lot of things. Uh, how, how's your scholarship situation right now? I'm not up on all the NCAA rules, but I, I do think that I understand you might be hampered a bit this off season. I don't know what you mean by hampered as far as, like, in what way. I don't think we're hampered Official at all. visits, think, if, if Stallings had taken official visits, does that hamper then your ability to go on official visits this off season? Yeah, no, no. I mean, we have, I think it's, I think we have three official visits left that we can give for the rest of this year. Uh, you know, for the rest of this, this, you know, the bringing guys for next year. Um, and that's enough. <laughs> I mean, that's enough. Now, if... If some guys decided they wanted to leave, then we get official visits back. Gotcha. So let's say if one guy wanted to leave, then we get one. If another guy wanted to leave, then we get another one. So, you know, like I said in my press conference, man, there are no excuses. We'll figure out a way to get this thing done, and I know it's going to be a lot of work. I understand that, but that's something I've never been scared of. I've never been scared of work. I've never been scared of the process. Um, I actually look forward to it, and, and I look forward to building this thing. Last couple of things here with Jeff Capel, uh, University of Pittsburgh, uh, head basketball coach. If I did ask you, and you're not going to do it on the radio show, obviously, if I did say call up Blake Griffin, you you could totally do that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I I probably I probably talked to Blake 
at least two or three times a week still. I mean, this is a relation. When I took the job at Oklahoma, Blake was a junior. I had no idea who he was. I mean, I was recruiting VCU. There's no way I was recruiting at VCU, you know, five-star guys. And uh, certainly wasn't recruiting out of that region. And I had no idea who he was. And we now, when I took that job, I was hampered. We had NCAA restrictions. I had a number of days I could go out. I had a number of phone calls restricted. There were scholarship restrictions. I mean, I was under all of that. Blake and I established a relationship right away through text. Luckily, I could still text. And uh, we text every day back then. And we text pretty much since he committed to us. We've texted pretty much every day or every other day since then. And so my relationship with him is still incredibly strong. And uh, I actually saw him when we went down and played Georgia Tech this past season. He was there. We went out to dinner. Um, so he's he's one of the guys, he and his brother Taylor, that I'm still pretty close with all of them, but he's probably the one I've been the closest to. Last couple of things here for Jeff Capel. Would you like to play a game of rapid fire? Could you do that for us, Coach? I can do it, absolutely. Favorite sports team to root for? Favorite sports team in, in any sport? Just a sports team? Any sport. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, you're good. You're too good, man. I'm a West Virginia guy. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a West Virginia guy. I want to come suit up and play some basketball for you. <laughs> Favorite food? Favorite food? Uh, anything my wife cooks. Oh, you're good. My God, this guy's <laughs> too smooth. How old for your first kiss, Jeff? How what? How old? How old? You know, you know, it's funny you guys said. I was thinking about that thing. I was trying to figure it out because, like, my daughter is getting to the age. Where, oh. like, I think I was around the same age, and you know, I, I think I was in. I think I was in fifth grade. I remember it too. I remember the girl's name and everything. Like See, my first kiss. So. I, I'll tell you what, Coach. I don't think that uh, you got to worry about your daughter. You just call it Blake Get Griffin. Uh, <laughs> they'll kick the dude's butt. No question. No question. <laughs> Loudest road venue you played in. The loudest road venue I've ever played in, uh, it's a tie. Number one, it's a tie between Old Cold Field House, where, where, where I played when I was at Duke, Maryland's place, and then Fall Gallon Field House at Kansas. I coached the first year I coached there was my second year at Oklahoma because you didn't play around Robin. And uh, that's the year they won it. And it's the loud, that's probably the loudest place I've ever been in. Biggest role model in your life? The biggest role model in my life was my dad. Um, my dad passed away in November, but he was he was my hero and still is my hero, and so he was always the biggest role model. Jeff, really appreciate the time. Best of luck with everything you're doing at the University of Pittsburgh. You won this West Virginia guy over, and uh, now I feel terrible. <laughs> I don't feel terrible at all. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Coach. All right, guys, appreciate it. Leading things off of the Bronx, the Rays have made a late rally and tied the game 4-4. Four to four. We'll keep you updated on that one. The Mariners have extended their lead over the Giants. It's now 6-1, to mid-six there. The Red Sox open up a 1-0 lead on the Marlins. In our one final game of the day, the Royals got their first win over the Tigers. Coming up next... Adam's got his hottest take of the day, and it's a scorcher, folks. So make sure you bring your sunscreen, because we're going to the surface of the sun in just six minutes. Hi, Tom Bodad taking a break from binge-watching my favorite shows. I'm currently on season four of that show about the zombies who live in an English manor, or is it the one where the dragons join a biker gang? I can't really keep track anymore. Must need sleep. 
Luckily, Motel 6 has great rooms for great rates, so you can catch up on your sleep or use Wi-Fi to catch up on your shows. Oh, this is the one where Motel 6 leaves the light on for you. Sorry. Epic spoiler. What is that in my shoe? I don't know. I was scratching my foot, took the shoe off, went down the hall to grab some coffee, and now it feels like I stepped in an oyster. What the hell? I know. Come on, Tom. We like to party. 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 party. Matt Geikup, formerly of DKPittsburghSports.com. I'm not letting you get away from that stain that easily, Geika. Now of PiratesProspects.com. And Pittsburgh Hockey now says he does not know how to play the accordion, but his friend found one, and he instantly thought of him. So I've been texting with Geico. we got to get him to learn how to play the accordion, because owning one is pretty much halfway there, I think. And once he learns how to play, bumper music, general shenanigans, and in fact, if he doesn't want to learn, I'll put in no time to learn, but I'll play around with the thing. Oh. Oh, yeah. Tom could pick that up pretty quick, I think. Oh, gee. Enough of Tom. Why? Everything is Tom this, Tom that. Tom's the best. Tom, you're the best, right? The best in the game. Wow, look at that. Top for man. It's time for the hottest take of the day. We just talked about this, Tom. Breaking news sounder. <laughs> we just uh, talked about that's this. That's for the first other crap. Adam, I on, did man. it! You did. Dude. I did it! Tom. Oh, Tom. No! Like we just said earlier, I'm the best in the yeah. game. So. No! no! Dude, you went at him, too. You went right at him. Start it over. I'll make you have to fix it. <laughs> it's time for the hottest take of the day. Day, day, day. He looks at me like I'm a dumbass. And it's because I was. It's Crowman! It's a Crowman! I think that's when the show's bad. Anytime the show's bad, just call me the Crowman. Crowman, baby. It'll be the Crowman show. <laughs> Hottest take of the day brought to you by nothing, because we still have to sell it. Unwritten rules turn baseball into a grouchy old man sport. This isn't a new take. This is a take that I've heard a lot of young people, millennials, people that I would hang around with, have. But it really slapped me in the face the other day. Baseball sucks more than it ever has, in my opinion, because there are things like these unwritten rules. The Orioles were down seven to nothing. There's a big ass shift going on. And their batter lays a bunt down the line, trying to start a rally, trying to get a spark going, trying not to lose again. And the baseball world lost its collective minds. That's the Joker. How in the world can that be looked upon as something that's bad? If you're breaking up a perfect game, I would see why some people get mad. 
I think that's dumb too. But it's 7 nothing. They're giving you half the infield. They're trying to take money away from you. If you hit into that thing and you keep hitting into it and you keep hitting into it and you keep hitting into it, your batting average goes down. Then no one pays you. Then little orphan Annie, your child, doesn't get to eat. So lay the bunt down. Have your batting average go up. Make that money. That was the hottest take of the day. 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 Geica says if he learns how to utilize the accordion, he'll bring it in the studio. Yes. Fingers crossed, Gatchka. Fingers crossed. Woo! Other crap. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. I'm totally shocked. Totally stunned by breaking news. What could this possibly be? I had no idea this was going to happen. Tom just put this on my desk right now. Profootballtalk.com is reporting that Josh Allen will play for the team that drafts him. Oh, my God! Holy! This is unbelievable! Woo! Other crap. Dexter Fowler sent himself a motivational tweet. He had been hitless. He then picked up his first hit of the season. So after the show today, I'm going to have to tweet myself something nice. Woo! Other crap. DiVincenzo. The bro scored 31 points in the national championship last night, had to delete his Twitter account after it was discovered that he used the N-word a handful of times and used a gay slur over... And over and over again. National champ, that guy. Good things happen to good people. Woo! Other crap. Drew Brees is suing a jeweler for selling him an $8 million ring. He says he was scammed. If somebody tried to sell me anything for $8 million, even if I had the money, it can't possibly be worth it. The only thing that Drew Brees should pay $8 million for is to have that thing cut off the side of his face. Woo! Other crap. Kids are snorting condoms. What? Condoms. Huh? Condoms. They're snorting them. Yes. Like through their nose. Correct. Why? Hard to say. You think of the lubed kind? Certainly not ribbed. Make it easier to go up if they were lubed. For sure. It's not the hot, cold ones, right? Oh, that would that would hurt. Yeah. Bring a tear to your eye. Certainly would. Woo! Other crap. Oing. Kids are snorting condoms. What? What? I know. Can you believe it? Condoms? Condoms. Like it, condoms. Condoms. Does it get you high? Wow. I mean, it's got to, right? We got to try this out, right? Do you have one in your wallet? Woo! Other crap. Pitt hasn't won a conference basketball game in 400 days. 
Nice round number. Milestone. Prediction time? They'll win one next year. Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? Tomorrow on the show, God only knows. But today was fun. Hopefully we'll be here tomorrow. We will not be talking to the pit coach, though. Hell, even if we had one scheduled, I don't know if we'd get him. Hey, guys. Yeah, buddy. Kids are snorting condoms. 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 What?